What's going on, everybody? This is Big McEnroe, a.k.a. Rod Bailey. This is the Peanuts and Corn 21, 2021 podcast, um, and this is the Big McEnroe Brandon series. This is episode five of the podcast. We want to thank UGS Meg for hosting. We want to thank you for listening. My guest today is Pip Skid, a.k.a. Patrick Skeen, and we're going to go and talk about all the great times and not-so-great times we had back in Brandon. Um, as friends and before we were friends and being him being a misfit in that town of Brandon, Manitoba and finally having to get out. Uh, we have a great conversation. It's a lot of fun. I do want to fill you in on what's going on with peanuts and corn because we're having a busy month and a busy year. Uh, we've got some new stuff. So as you hear this podcast, there is a single out for my new single from the Brandon Project. It's called 90 The Cure. And that single should be out on all the streaming services. It's definitely out on Bandcamp. As well, I have a video that I shot where I dress up like uh, Robert Smith from The Cure, and that will be on my YouTube channel, which is Big Mac and Row. You can check out all my social media to find links to the video. Social media is Big Mac and Row Instagram, Big Mac and Row Twitter, uh, Facebook, it's Peanuts and Corn Records. You can check all that out and find this video, which was a lot of fun to do. And uh, so that's out now. So that's uh, the next single from the Big Macro. It means it's four weeks until the actual album drops. So two more episodes of the podcast after this one, and then the album comes out. So four weeks, four weeks and three days. Um, as well, we have a new single from Pip Skid, the subject of this podcast. We've been working together on an album, and he did some new stuff that we thought we should just get out right away. So the song's called I Will Not Stand for the Anthem, with another song called Home and Away. And that single is out now on Bandcamp, and it'll be out on streaming in about a week. That's some good stuff. I'm really proud of that music, and so check it out. Um, and as well, we have new music coming in the next couple weeks from my other good friend, Bazooka Joe 204 formerly known as John Smith, someone who I've also been working with for a long, long time and it's a lot of fun to work with. So we have a single out for his new album. The album is called Prairie Nilsson and the single is called Art School Kids. And so you should definitely be following me on this social media stuff to be able to hear all this new music that we're working on. It's an exciting time. It's our biggest year at Peanuts and Corn. Oh, and I have one more album an album coming out this um, in the next week or so. It is part two of my 2021 series where I challenge myself to put out four records just for fun, make them, produce them, record them, mix them, master them, and get them out in like three months' time, which is is a really short turnaround for me. So my the new the the second album in that series is called 21 21 Part Two, and it's called Nickel Beats. So it's a beat tape, but it's you know quite complex and really layered and I think it's pretty fun to listen to so I hope you enjoy it that'll be out soon so um, exciting times all right so let's get into this podcast this is me talking to Pip Skid Patrick Skeen about good times and bad times in Brandon Manitoba in the years you know in the late 80s and early 90s let's just leave it at that here we go give me that, give me that big intro <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls I'm so privileged to be here with Patrick Skeen, my friend of many, many years and a native of Brandon, Manitoba. So we're going to throw on the Wayback Machine and welcome him to the podcast. Uh, hello, Patrick Skeen, a.k.a. Pip Skid, for those who don't know. Hi. Hi. Hi, Roderick Bailey. Ah, uh, yes, Roderick. <laughs> don't tell. Okay, so uh, we have many things to talk about and not much time to do it because my dog is barking so my first question is hey patrick skeen why do you hate brandon oof 
Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like Tyler, like Honeycutt covered some of that, but um, I think, I mean, I mean, in listening to and listening to this Brandon podcast and your record, I think that, I mean, I had a very different experience um, than you and Tyler did, and um, I, uh, uh, Brandon was just, I mean, I just. Whenever I, th- whenever I think back to Brandon, it's just bullies and assholes and racists and and homophobes and um, just trying to kick the shit out of me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like and um, you know, predating my my knowledge of you or my friendship with you guys, like you know, I was dealing with that shit like long before I I started skateboarding or any of that, and like. Um, Hey, you know, I mean, also I didn't have a happy childhood, and and um, I didn't particularly. Um, I don't. I don't think I liked. Um, I don't think I liked living in. I think I would have done better in a larger city as a yeah. kid. Even though I did, I did. I, I definitely appreciate the, that I could ride my bike growing up in the East End I, as a kid. And back then, you know, it didn't didn't matter how long you left the house for as a kid yeah I would, and you know i could ride my bike and i was out of town and you'd go down to the river and swim in the sewage treatment plant where it <laughs> where it dams the Assiniboine. And there was like a a pool there where the, all the poo all the all the poo was and you'd swim around in there and and then we'd go before they locked up the dump we would the dump was right across the road and you would go to the dump and like look for porno mags and like <laughs> sit on the couches there and stuff you know and like <laughs> you know, I- like idyllic <laughs> swimming in sewage. I mean, these these are the highlights, right? So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just it's like, I mean, what like Tyler said, it's a cult, it's a culturalist void, and you know, when I like, I just felt so lonely all the time, and I I like, I mean, I was I was obviously like so. I was so strange and such an outcast at such an early age. And I just, I never clicked with anyone until I met you guys. And like, I was lonely and depressed. Um, you know, I mean, I was, you know, I mean, probably two years before I started hanging out with you guys, like I was figuring, I was trying to figure out how to kill myself. And wow. like, I just hated that place. And like, I mean, my dog was probably the only thing that kept me from an attempt. I think like I, that's all I thought about. Right. Like, I guess um, I tend to, obviously, you like you say, my record and my perspective is a lot more positive. At what point did you feel like you were, like you called yourself an outcast or whatever? You were into music that no one else was into a lot earlier before you were hanging out with us and all that. Like, when did that, how did that sort of start to happen that you remember? Or do you remember? Like, what got you into rap or what got you into these things that you know made you just not a normal kid because i guess a normal kid plays hockey listens to what's on the radio and and what you know and why weren't you doing those things why were you different right well i did play hockey i mean hockey was probably i mean hockey is uh, as shitty as hockey culture and hockey people can be hockey definitely like you know uh, um to be according for a second hockey for sure saved my life Mm -hmm. because it was something my mom and i did together yeah and and being a goalie goalies were always the weird ones and so i kind of like you kind of had a pass in hockey culture no one can touch the goalie 
yeah because that's a, you know um and so people would stand up for me and and in that situation anyway but on the ice but um but yeah i mean so so then um it was actually hockey that introduced me to 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 rap music um because i always i mean I, i i knew i loved music but there was i never heard anything that that shook my my bones or um and so it was actually a, one of the names i do remember i was on a team with trevor anderson yeah is that his name yeah. yeah and he was he was a kid with money and so his family would go to minot all the time like you guys were talking about yeah. and for whatever reason we were at this hockey tournament for whatever reason no one had like a um a fucking venom tape or like a white snake or gnr tape or whatever and so he's like oh i got this rap tape and then um he put in he put in LL cool j mm -hmm. and i just remember like i remember having to sit down it was after the game and i was like taking off my my equipment and i just remember having to sit down and everyone was mocking it and probably being probably being racist assholes i would i would guess and and i just like everything in the room zoned out and all and my ears were only listening to the boom box and like i was like this is it like i like this is what i've been looking for this is um like it was it was so clear to me that that's like that i need i need that in my life this is this is a big ingredient that's been missing yeah. and then you know and i immediately and so i did the a and there sorry the columbia you know 10 10 tapes for for a penny and then and then you like when they call back you like tell them they have the wrong number and um <laughs> never fulfill your obligation and so i mean and and those 10 tapes i mean those 10 tapes i i attribute to to the music like so much of the music that i ended up making because it was every rap tape that they had available to order so it was ll and um eric b and rakim and um probably Kumo d maybe the color soundtrack or something like that yeah and, um, um and they didn't have enough rap tapes to make 10 so then i remember getting like weird l and cheech and chong <laughs> so it's just like comedy and rap music right um and those yeah, those tapes absolutely like shaped the the type of of music that I would I would be making. discover rap music and you just can't get enough and i think that that like you said it made you more of an outcast because i'm assuming you know knowing what i know about you is because you wanted to dress like your heroes and act like your heroes and you just you went to the max with it is that correct yeah well i mean i didn't i didn't really have any friends anyway i mean i had you know there was the guys that played hockey with I just hung out by myself and like, and then, yeah, you know, started to get really depressed and I roll into high school, like appropriating black culture as much as I possibly can. Cause I don't know any better. And yeah. just like, I just want, you know, I wanted everything to do with rap and like, I had no friends when I, when I came into high school and like, um, 
you know, that definitely didn't help. <laughs> and like me, it definitely made me more of an outcast. And when like in grade 10, when you're kind of by yourself and you are trying to, like you say, appropriate black culture, where are you, how are you getting, how are you, where are you getting the polka dot shirts and the African medallions and all that stuff? Like, where is, how are you, you know, I assume you're not going to, to uh, Zellers or Walmart and picking that out. Like, what are you doing? Right. I mean, uh, when um, I went to Winnipeg with like Christine and her dad, yeah, which would have been like my first trip to Winnipeg. Um, uh, I think, you know, maybe my, it was like my first or second trip to Winnipeg ever. And I was just like, we definitely went to like Portage Place. Yeah. And, and Polo Park, I imagine, malls. And um, yeah, I, I remember going into Stitches and being like, yo, um, I need some hammer pants, like diaper pants. And they, I remember the, the, the guy saying, oh, we, we only have one pair left and I think we just sold them. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> like, this is not my day. And like, I remember the guy going in the back and looking around to see if there was a return or something. And then so I bought some those polka dot shirts and like the, um, in, in I remember in Portage Place Mall, now it's like a bar. It's a bar with VLTs called like Cherry Tree Lounge. Um, but it was like a, it was like a little corner story kind of bodegi kind of vibe. And uh, I felt they had like African medallions hanging on like a thing there. And I'm, you know, of course bought one of those like an idiot. And, um, and so, I mean, otherwise, I mean, I would, you know, I would just look at the rap word up and, and rap pages, magazines and be like, Oh man, where do you get these clothes? Like these like baggy jeans and the, where do you get this shit? Like I, you know, cause when it Brandon, I mean, so then, you know, to get baggy jeans, you would buy like size 50 waist pants at like the, the like construction worker store, like new yeah, system new system store. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, some of those pants I was rocking then would fit my fat ass now, but like, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and then, uh, but yeah, it was, it was hard to like, I mean, Brandon, again, like Brandon sucked, like, you know, and when it, that trip to Winnipeg, I was just like, oh man, this place is cool. Yeah. I mean, now I, now I, Winnipeg's obviously everyone knows Winnipeg's a, a crock of shit, but, um, like, <laughs> but you know, in comparison to Brandon, Winnipeg was just like, you know, Wow. Yeah. Look at this place. It's a city. Yeah. <laughs> Once you step in the arena, cheetah, you're gonna be amazed when you gaze at the armor on this leader, fully clad and glad to fight a cause I won't pause. Fear is a joke, slow poke, I'm like claws that'll rip, cause your gift is merely flesh, superficial, and I wish you would give it a rest, but if you don't, I'll unsheath my Excalibur, like a noble knight, so meet your challenger, a true hero, while you're a true zero, getting beat to a... Well, let's stay on rap music for a second, and, and where you, where you got rap music, you mentioned you know going to columbia house or using using columbia house and doing the one cent and getting everything from there but and you mentioned stealing but do you remember some of the weirder things that you were able to to get in brandon you know at the country music center any memories of like cool tapes that you got there 
or would you go in um, there and ask to special order anything or anything? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would special order stuff. I mean, it was rare because I just didn't have money, and so like, you know, and it's like when I had money, I'd just I'd spend it, right? right? Like so, then um, special ordering something was always stressful. I definitely, I, I definitely special ordered like Step in the Arena from him. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, the cool thing about Country Music Store was that you could. I mean, he had 12 inches and my mom had a record player and so, and he had singles and, and so then there was a, you know, if you didn't have a bunch of money, you could go in and, and get a couple of singles. They were like, what, like maybe 99 cents back then even, I don't um, think they're that cheap, a, a, but a buck 99 at the most depended on if they were import or not. I remember, I remember going downtown one, one time specifically, like, like the memory is very vivid in my brain still where I went to, I would have got De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising, Kumo D, Knowledge is King, probably at Country Music Store. I, w- I got a haircut from that guy who, who is able to do f- shitty fades at the gallery. Mm-hmm. And he probably cut something into my hair, into my head or left, like left me a little rat tail or something. I got a Patrick Ewing, um, like caricature, bobble, bobblehead style t-shirt at that sports store beside country music store. Okay. And I got, uh, a really small, like very, very small, um, uh, gold rope chain. Oh, at, at e- Eaton's in yeah. the gallery. Yeah. I don't know where I would have got all this money from. Man. Like it, it must've been your clock going, but I remember that day so much. And then I went home and, and like the Knicks were playing on like Saturday afternoon basketball. And I had like a two liter of Coke. Yeah, and I was, or Pepsi, or, and I was just like, "It's a fucking best day of my Today life." Is and, a good I, day. <laughs> and I turned the TV volume down, and I was just listening. I was rap tapes and my Patrick Ewing shirt on, my gold chain, and I was just like, "This is a fucking life, man." And <laughs> but without, I mean, without Country Music Store, man, we would have been, um, we would have been in rough shape. I mean, like, I don't know who his, I don't know who he was getting music from or why he decided to have rap music because he had quite a bit of it yeah but like he was getting shit that he was get, he would have been ordering from a, a like a distribution company that that had just such interesting and on like what would be you know pretty underground stuff like uh, you know i i'm pretty sure i i bought like breaking atoms there and um you know i mean just stuff that stuff that would have would have never come to a, to a mall, not in Brandon anyway. Yeah, I think it's the same for you know for me when I was more focused on punk and alternative, and it was like you go in there, and again, it's called the Country Music Store, or Country Music Center, whatever it was called. You don't expect there to be anything but country music, obviously, but it's like I remember getting certain Pixies cassette singles and like. Well, they what they did was they had these EPs that had all these other songs that weren't on the album, and the only place you could get them was there. It was just so strange all the all the stuff, and um, you know it was like it just had a weird name considering it was really just a music store that had a lot of eclectic stuff. But for people like us, starved for you know non-mainstream options, sure did have a lot of stuff. I know that. Um, the story's a bit fuzzy, but I know that when we when we put out that 
uh, downtown Brandon song on the Farm Fresh record that his daughter ended up hearing it. And because I talk about, I think one of us anyway talks about country music store, and she played it for her dad, and her dad was like, "Oh man, that's so cool!" Like, um, you know, that's, nice. uh, that's so awesome that somebody, like, you know, musician. It's like that he had contributed so much to like, you know, these kids who ended up going on to make music. Like, I mean, really, without him, like, you know, I mean, I don't know. there would have been so many things that that wouldn't have ever crossed like been in my Walkman or whatever, you know, yeah. it just wouldn't have been possible. As a kid, it was on and popping at the downtown mall where we all were shopping with every kind of store that you'd imagine at the height of fashion. Well, at least for Brandon, every Saturday we would pack the parkade and meet the whole crew hanging at the arcade. So many choices in toy stores and food courts left to our devices. We just might storm the two floors. Every department of Eden's or Hudson's Bay is where you'd see us, except maybe lingerie. But downtown now, everything's gone away. No more. Or a paddle wheel, barely a sad cafe. Everything boarded up to give the bulldozer room. One theater closed up, the other is closing soon. One went to sporting goods, restaurants, and mall stops. Is now a sorry hood with nothing but pawn shops. Nothing sold as new, everything secondhand. And they'll close soon, too, and wait for the record man. Maybe it's evolution, maybe it's bad luck. Prove the only solution, stay and go bankrupt. Track new anchors, and it might mean them. And tear down a tower built in 1910. Nothing to do and we're turning away as we celebrate a history of urban decay the shops close early downtown it's gotten so dirty downtown boarded and padlocked downtown home with the have-nots downtown who's going downtown nothing is downtown who's going downtown not me not me back as a kid i take my measly salary into downtown and hit the brand new gallery get the barber to shave a few lines fuck a bus or walk maybe save a few dimes and in these times people despise rap said it wouldn't last that it sounded like crap trying to get your hands on some tapes was tough there was only one place that really carried the stuff the country music store had such selection cassettes cause singles and records to my collection then depression set in and technology changed why well, pay for musical books in this day and age and in the rage some shopkeepers lost it one took his life went down with the profit cough it up but they're changing the locks even take the batteries up out of the clocks while walmart stocks seem to rise to the top even with two mcdonald's in one block get fries with your pop and make it a meal discover a dead downtown see how it feel like looking at the tip of an old ship that sunk one of the only things you get downtown is drunk all sales final no hope for the business chased away by the big box saying what is this shops close early downtown it's gotten so dirty downtown boarded and padlocked downtown home with the have-nots downtown who's going downtown nothing is downtown who's going downtown not me not me the shops close early downtown it's gotten so dirty downtown boarded and padlocked downtown home with the have-nots downtown who's going downtown nothing is downtown who's going downtown not me not me and i want to give some shout outs to 
Dijon bicycles and Romano pizza To the town cinema and the Strand Theater To all the businesses in the Brandon Gallery To Curly McCain's Sons, Thunderbird Bowl and Roto's Restaurant To Johnson's Sound System To Good and Ski Shop where my mom used to work To the Country Music Center To poor Michael's Bookshop To all of downtown Brandon Keep on keeping on And do you remember, do you have any memories of when Record Baron got going where people were working there that we knew and they were doing a lot of good buying and or ordering? Do you have any memories of that? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I remember going and visiting Tyler and th- when I was delivering uh, pizza at Pizza Hut often because I would do so many special orders there. Um, if a tape was in for me and I were, was working at Pizza Hut, uh, like the four to eleven shift or whatever, I would mm-hmm. immediately just go with my float and right. buy the and buy the tape that was waiting for me, so I could listen to it while driving. Yeah, and then just hope that I was busy enough to cover that. Right. <laughs> bad bad business. Hey man, sometimes uh, you just gotta go for it. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I did that millions of times. That's- I remember like derelicts of dialect and like fuck. I mean, just so many. So many like uh, special order tapes that cost like what, like thirty bucks for a tape. I mean, even Tyler yeah. would Tyler would give me a discount if Crothers wasn't around, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I have to cut uh, that out. Cut that out. Not not rat on Tyler. <laughs> yeah, because Crothers is listening. driving in your accord and me um maybe we were going to a pit party or maybe we were we were i don't know what we were doing or going somewhere and like remember i think it was like you were like you got to check this jane's addiction shit out Mm -hmm. and then i was like you got to check this jungle brother shit out and like i mean obviously those memories could be blurry but anyway those are that was something where i was like and then i remember getting like seeing the jane's addiction what was um what was that steel steel song what was that been caught stealing been caught yeah and i bought the jane's addiction been caught stealing 12 inch at country music store because you were playing me playing me that in your car and then like those are two like specific like music memories i have related to like hanging out with you I remember you talking about like getting the first vanilla ice single or something <laughs> when we were hanging out and you going, this guy is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's a shame. I mean, I well, mean, in uh, hindsight like, it's all, but it was like, if you look in a vacuum, the fact that he blew up, he blew up cause he was white, all that stuff. Like he was, he was a mediocre, but fine rapper on a decent beat. And you were like, right. you know, it was something new and you know, coming after third base and stuff you had an open mind about it like i don't you know it just kind of hindsight and then it kind of went south quick but 
but when the first like the first single came out and you know he wasn't he hadn't blown up yet so you had copped it before anyone and you're like check this guy out and right. I, I didn't really i think i had the one where where like ice ice baby was maybe on the b side yeah like it was definitely probably his first single right yeah yo vip And listen, I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow to the extreme. I rock a mic like a vandal, light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance, caress a speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly when I play a dope melody, anything less than the best. I remember my grand that, that reminds me of like uh, my grandma. Um, my grandma's went to like go see like the space shuttle leave or something in Florida. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. She brought me anyway. She's like, is there anything you want from America? And I was like, yeah, I want EP. I want this tape. And I wrote it down for EPMDs. Uh, um, and, and so she brought me back the EPMD tape. I get all their tapes mixed up cause of my ADHD, um, uh, but it was the one with so much saying on it and it was so cool because it was American it was like not an import but the American yeah you know, it was the first time I had like a you know and it was like I'm the only one in the city who has this I know this this is so cool and she brought me that and she brought me a Neapolitan um, astronaut ice cream <laughs> what <laughs> which I which I just devoured in one second and then like from Florida my, how did she keep it cold no uh, you know that shit's dehydrated Oh, I got it. I see. see. (laughs) They don't take frozen ice cream to space. I I did not know, but now I do. I'm sure Elon Musk is working on that one. Fucking asshole. (laughs) Um, That's a big problem we need to solve. And then... uh, You and I? (laughs) So somebody. Okay. I'm not a dancer. (laughs) But that... um, Yeah, I mean, that EPMD tape changed my life too, where it was just like... I mean, hearing those, hearing the, like those beats and those breaks and like, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, to, yeah, EPMD is one of my, one of my favorite groups to this day. Yeah. Importance of a yeah, yeah, we're back to work. I took time off. All the rappers got jerked due to the fact they whack in their track. Have to go back and stack because they lack the ingredients. EPMD and scratch for that. Yo, I'm the hip hopper, plus the show shocker. Down with MD, yes, the microphone doctor. One Rex, the other dissuasion. If you think you're ready to mess, kill the noise. I remember going to visit my other grandma who lived in Calgary at the time, or Canmore or something. And, uh, you know, she's my grandma. She doesn't see me much. And so she's like, I want to buy, I want to buy you something. Um, but you maybe something you can't get in Brandon and maybe we can find something cool. And I was like, I need a, I need this hat. It's red and it's fuzzy and it has a kangaroo on it. And, <laughs> and it's, did you want a kangle? Well, no, like, I mean, Calgary sucks too. Right. And yeah. then like, 
I mean, we would have had to pr- probably go to some like, uh, you know, off the off the beaten path haberdashery or something, you right. know, like, um, but anyhow, we've combed that city. Like we spent so much, I had her, I had her walking so many miles trying to find this Kangol hat. And then like, finally, you know, she's like, well, why don't, why, why don't I just buy you, buy you some, some tapes. And then, so I got like the first heavy D and the boys and then, um, first big daddy cane and in the i still have that big daddy cane tape that one she bought me and in the in the the j card in the tape he shouts out someone just named patrick and no no lie it's just patrick and so i underlined it with like a blue pen patrick (laughs) (laughs) that's me that's me here's my shout out get my dabbers So, but you, so at some point, and I, we don't really have to get into this, but it kind of leads into where we meet in the store, my story about how we kind of started, you and I start to become good friends, but you had been dating Christine for a while, right? Like, when did you start dating her? I don't know. I don't know. Like in I'd high like, school or junior high? No, it would have been junior high. Like I'm, I met her. Yeah, I was at the I was at the shoppers mall, and I don't know how or why. Like, I must have been with somebody, like probably someone from hockey or something. And they were like, "Look at these cute girls," and I was like, "I don't know. I would have never stepped to. I would have never stepped to a group of girls." But mm-hmm. so I must have been with someone, and then, and then they're like, you know, it was something. It was something like right out of a movie where you like, you like go up to these cute girls in the food court and then they like actually talk to you yeah and then and then like you go on a date with one and then she wants to go on another date right and then obviously like um she was the only person that i that i was friends friends with i guess right and but she was was she in the same school as you like in junior high and i guess she was in she was in no. the same she so went to like was it she went to that like she went to that junior that um junior high like a really small one um near tyler's house like by um, victorian um the sacred heart or something like that Oh, okay and so i would like go there and pick her up from school and stuff like um yeah i don't know i mean i was definitely i was like a year older than her so i was like i was was a great that's right I remember going to like her grad, like her grade nine grad or something. And then that's when my, like my mom took me to Randy river and bought me like this purple, like definitely, I was definitely like going for an Arsenio hall look. Yeah. I just, it was like this purple fucking suit, <laughs> you know, which is funny. Cause that's the only suit I've ever owned in my life. Like I have, I have dress pants, yes. you know, I don't, I don't have definitely don't have any dress pants that, that fit me right now, but even for my, even for my wedding, like I didn't wear no, a suit. I think you just wore a shirt and a bow tie, right? I do not have a suit jacket. Yeah. And I, and I that was the only suit I ever owned in my life. It was for purple. Christine's great grad. And it was purple as, as purple as shit. And yeah, Randy River at the shopper's mall. That's tight. I probably had some stupid bolo tie with it, I think. So you would have gone you would have <laughs> gone to the grade nine grad in your purple suit and just looked awesome, I'd imagine. And doing the running man like and crazy. Like, yeah, like and what's playing? Do you remember? Like did they play I don't know. what did you do the running man to? Did they play anything for you? 
I'm sure I would have brought tapes with me. Yeah. Like I always carried tapes everywhere, but then um, especially to like, I would have them queued up. When you go to a dance, you like take the songs you want to hear queued up and like, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, I would have, I would have had some singles by then. And so I would, have my pockets, my purple pockets would have been full of tapes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure the DJ, the DJ didn't play any of them, but, um, you know, I mean, I was just like, I'm going to do the running man no matter what. So yeah. like, even if it's not a, nah, Hey, Hey, um, <laughs> whatever <laughs> right so yeah so that leads me to so i read i have a song that basically tells a simplified version of the story of dating this girl whose best friend was your girlfriend who, what was her name i never oh, i would have guessed michelle <laughs> really just, I don't know why. just as a random name <laughs> I don't know. You don't remember kind of? No, no. Uh, like I mean, I remember hang. I remember hanging out with you yeah. and dodging them, like yeah. on da double dates, just well, see, dodging. I them. mean, I don't think I dated Renner for more than three weeks. It didn't last long, but we were hanging out the four of us, and they're like, "Go rent a movie for us." And you and I are clowning around, and we're like, "What should we rent?" And we want to rent. I don't know what we wanted to rent. What we wanted to rent, and then we settle on the gods must be crazy. Oh yeah. Um, and we read that and they were really pissed. They're like, what kind of movie is this? And they weren't happy and all this stuff. But that was among, that was all I really remember. But I remember hanging out with you and then her dumping think, me. But us I think we were friends. gone for like six hours too. Yeah, we were gone for a long time, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Because we got back and they were, they were not happy with us. They're not happy with how long we we're gone. And we're just always, you and I just clicked where we're, you know, making each other laugh and all that stuff. And it really distracted from the coupleness, you know, the double dateness. It was right. <laughs> all those rom-com dreams of theirs right out the window. Right. I met her in the hall or something, bouncing off the wall or something On the rebound from one of her friends I'm in grade 11 and I'm flirting with the grade 10s They seem to think I'm cool, which doesn't really make sense I hooked up with this girl and it started getting serious She had the booming system and it made the boys delirious That included me Hung out with her constantly She's in a different crowd than me But I'm not an oddity Watch her playing volleyball As she's junior varsity Hung out with her friends a lot Everyone was cool to me Her best friend had a boyfriend He would act a fool to me Playing me Vanilla Ice MC Hammer, Schoolie D We would double date a lot Maybe hang in Boston P One night at her crib They sent us for a movie We came back with the comedy And my girl rebuked me Then she told me Stay the night She wanted to seduce me She pulled me in her darkened room and 
when things were getting heavy Show me where to put my hands though my palms are sweaty I think I made a weak excuse I guess I wasn't ready I said I had to work tomorrow with that I was jetty She dumped me on the Monday oh yeah she really dissed me And I could see it clearly now but then it was a mystery But nothing can prepare you see until you have the history Now it seems too trivial with me pushing 50 But it all went copacetic yes it ended just because the other boyfriend stayed a friend and kept on hanging with me and in fact we would go on to get along famously the rap kid and i aka mac and pippy That was uh, another track from the Brandon Project. That was 91, Wasn't Ready, Girl 4. And that kind of lays down uh, my relationship with a girl who I'm not going to name here. And you'll notice that I um, edited her name out of the conversation just because it's a little bit... I haven't talked to her in a long time and I don't really want to leave her name out there. And um, so that sort of tells a story about me dating her and her best friend being Pipskid's girlfriend. And that's how I kind of started hanging out with Pipskid and be, being his friend and then you know once the relationship with the girl ended i still had a good friend and so it all came out positive um so there you go and before that earlier on I, in this episode i played the a track by farm fresh from our time is running out album from 2004 called downtown where we shout out a lot of these shops that pip and i have been talking about as we we're growing up in downtown especially the country music center um in downtown brandon Okay, let's get back to my conversation with Pip. So you I'm went done. to school in grade 10, and then you dropped out. And then you came back in grade 11 when we were there. And then did you drop out, or you went to, you made, decided to go to Vincent no. Massey, right? Well, no, I didn't. My mom told me I was or going she because to. she's, I wasn't. I think in, in two years at Neelan, I got, I got two and a half credits or something, or mm-hmm. four credits. And then, and then, um, uh, it turned out that a lot of other parents, people's, uh, a lot of other people's parents had the same idea. Where mm-hmm. Neilan, they weren't getting shit done at Neilan, and so when I rolled into Vincent Massey, I mean it was, it was a lot of the idiots from that end of town. But it, there was, there was a crew of like fifteen of us, ten or fifteen of us from Neilan who had yeah. all got moved there because because. Neilan was just you know nothing was happening over there so then we just had like you know and then and, and that's when I mean that's when a lot of those guys were like finding mushrooms and weed and stuff which so then I just I would like roll into school find find like Jason Bell's brother Deebs or like whoever because I knew he'd have weed and then we just go over to his house and like get high all day and then I'd go home <laughs> And then, yeah, I mean, I dropped out of, I dropped out of Massey at some point. Um, 
I have a, I have, I mean, there's some funny memories from there. Like I remember when, I remember when they were sending this like oversized Canadian flag around Canada for everyone to sign. Okay. And they just, I mean, like a bunch of fucking idiots, they just left this thing with, with, with a big jar of Sharpies out in the, in like the foyer of the school. Yeah. And so I came in one day and I saw this massive Canadian flag with, with all, with all these markers. And so I went and like, I don't know what I, I wrote, like, you know, fuck the queen. And like, it must've been like, it would have been like, um, Brian Mulroney around that time. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was like, Brian Mulroney can suck a fat dick or some shit. I wrote on there and then probably drew a picture of, of him with a butt in his face or something. And then because of that, the flag had, we had this huge assembly where, um, the flag had to be like folded up by some, by, by like someone from the military or something and then, and then burned in private. Oh man. (laughs) And it was, we got, we all got yelled at, uh, for like a half, a half a day in the gym. Were you, and then uh, whatever. And then did, I would have like left the assembly and went and got high. And I was, and I was just like, did they know uh, it was you? No, I mean, I never got, but a very proud accomplishment in my life. I am, <laughs> I, I stand by that one. Stand by it. Send them the, <laughs> send them the tape. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that one. And I mean, the Massey, I met Deirdre and, uh, you know, Deirdre's, I really liked hanging out with her. And, um, so that was a nice thing, but yeah. Um, yeah. Blah. But at some point you're hanging out at Massey and you're in a, you're in a class called what? Entrepreneurship. <laughs> and you decide that <laughs> you want to make it. Psych- I think it was psychology. Well, there was a, there was one where you made a rap <laughs> tape for a project. I thought that was entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. What? A, yeah. Either way, um, yeah. I mean, Tyler and I made that. Tyler and I made that tape, and I handed it in as a project. It was the only time I ever got an A, and uh, and that wasn't in an art class or a gym class. And yeah. I, uh, um, and then that the teacher, I remember the teacher being pissed off. Um, because he he had the tape on his desk to give it back to me and someone swiped it yeah. and then the next thing i knew everyone in school had a copy yeah whoever stole it was dubbing them and then bootlegging your shit yeah well and, uh, yeah and then people were like hey this is cool like wow that's that's weird i mean i mean it sucked but uh you know and so um i mean i i think that that I mean, already, you know, it was exciting and you're trying to figure out how to make this thing that no, there's no instructions for and, and there's no one around to teach us. And, and then, um, um, did you have a rap name for yourself before? Like, do you have any memories of an early rap name before, you know, ultimately you were like, um, rhyme, the wicked nut, the one rhyme machine, Pat Skeen or whatever, but like in our group, but did you have any rap names for yourself before that that you remember? Well, I mean, I must have, because like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with wrestling. So then I would, I would, you know, I would, I would play those, like, um, I would play those where you met those, like, um, kind of like fantasy football, I guess, like early versions of that, but it was like fantasy wrestling. Yeah. 
it's just a way to pilfer money from children and like <laughs> you know you would like pay a doll you would you would put a dollar in an envelope and mail it to this place and then they would put you in an imaginary match against someone else who paid a dollar really? and send you back the results yeah. and i would like so i had a name for myself like as a wrestler and my my like what my move was and I would draw pictures of myself as a wrestler and all that shit but like so I must have had a rap name as well and I mean you know when I got into graffiti I had a few different names so I, I'm sure I had like names pre I don't remember though like they would they would have been pretty generic probably at, you know yeah. just like I would have stuck I would have bit what I would have done is is took and like like part of Big Daddy Kane's name and part of like uh, you know Ella Cool J's name and like tried to like Frankenstein something together I'm right. sure Party people in the place embrace the base as I commence to pick up the pace and make it motivate and accelerate cause like Tony the Tiger I'm great always seem to come off hard for you somehow I mean me being whack oh come come now that's quite ridiculous so just admit you was thrilled cause on your face it is conspicuous not that you're on this Um, so let's talk about you hanging out with us and becoming, turning from a hockey player into a skateboarder. What do you remember about the skateboard scene? I think you kind of came in, you know, we talked, I've talked a little bit with other people about the skateboard scene in Brandon and you would have kind of caught the latter half because, you know, we had a couple skate parks that opened and closed and I think all that had happened before you kind of decided to get aboard and get on board, but... I'd like to know what you remember about getting into that scene and anything anything you remember about the difference in that scene versus the old hockey scene that you had kind of grown up in. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I mean, my last year of hockey was, and Brandon was playing for Nealon. You know, it just wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the same all around. Like my mom, my mom would still come, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like when you were a kid and, um, and those guys are just such fucking assholes and, and like, you know, and I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fighting people in the dressing room, like ver verbally fighting, sometimes physically, like about, about their racism and, and all the shitty things they're always saying and how they treat each other. It's just such a, just so negative and, and I just didn't want to be around it and, um, I mean, the, the very last like team photo I was ever in, I had, I, at that point I had quite, I had really long hair on top and like, I'm, I just got told that it was my game to play because you rotate goalies and the coach told me, I don't believe you. Like, I don't believe he's like, I got told that you're going to lose the game for us on purpose. So I'm pulling you and sitting you. And I was just like, fuck this bullshit. Like, and everyone in the team's like smiling. And then I have this long hair in my face and my head hanging down. I mean, it's a great, it's a, it's like, a great photo. Very, photo. Uh, fucking great. Very, very, uh, yeah, very telling of the moment. And then, um, I remember putting an ad in the Brandon sun and selling my goalie equipment, like, like two days later. Yeah. And I could get a, mint for that shit now all that vintage goalie stuff sells like crazy but um but yeah and i mean i never skateboarding never like spoke to me 
in that sense. Like I'm not, I'm just not, I mean, I guess, I guess I, you know, I play goalie in hockey. Like I have pucks shot at like 90, 90 miles an hour at my head. And that, you know, it's like, um, uh, you know, there's definitely, but skateboarding never spoke to me in that sense where I'm, I'm, I'm just not such a dare to, in order to get good at skateboarding, you need to hurt yourself really bad a lot. Yeah. And, and it was hard for me to make that commitment. And I just, but I did like hanging out with you guys. And I mean, my first board that I ever had, my first, my, my own board was, I ordered over the phone. I talked to Stefan, I think, on the phone. And um, it was a Jim Theobod, like the one with the Ku Klux Klan member hanging from a noose in a tree. Oh, yeah. Um, which I was like, to me, that was like, yeah, fucking, this is like, it was that sort of part of that, that which I think in skateboarding culture was also pretty fringe like yeah. guys who were listening to rap and like and like anti-racist stuff but i was really attracted to the to the anti-racist stuff and that sort of that sort of like um and so and i did and with tyler and you playing me videos like i really liked the uh, i really like gons and those sort of like the street street skating stuff where you just roll you just roll and and ollie shit and grind some stuff and do a couple varials and just keep moving yeah. i really I really liked that and it also was a way to hang out hang out with you guys and, and um I mean there was a while where I tried to I really tried to get good. I think I ordered like my next board was like a dune board. Um and I I remember going like by myself a lot at night and I just I just never got you know, I just never got good. And um when I was <laughs> when I was living in Halifax, I was drinking with some friends in the park um late at night and and um Anyway, I went, I went over to, there was a skate park and, um, in the park and I went over and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, would I, you know, would anyone mind if I'd been on a board in years? And I was like, would anyone mind if I tried their skateboard for just a minute? And this guy, this guy's like, go fuck yourself, old man. <laughs> you know, it's probably like, this is like 2000 to the year 2000. Right. I'm uh, like, you're not that old a man. <laughs> and, uh, and then this other kid was like, yo, man, that's Pipskit. Don't talk to Pipskit like that. He's <laughs> like, he's like, you can use my board as long as you want, man. He's like, I didn't know you skated. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right on. Thanks. And then I push off and I try a heel flip and, and land on, you know, when you land on the side of the board yeah. and like just land and just, then go down on my tailbone and ribs. And, and then I like limp back to the kid and I'm like, like you know no breath in my lungs thanks for thanks for letting me report <laughs> like, back bloody to my friends <laughs> so fuck. and yeah i mean there was a there was like a there was a thing with with like skateboarders too where it's like you know like you're at you're you're skating and you're hanging out and then bert just takes you to his house and like cooks you a bunch of fucking just t like so much food and, you know, like like a lot of times because I live so far in the East End, and and like, you know, I didn't I didn't go to school with lunches. Like I didn't have and I didn't have money, so like, you know, I I would often leave the house without eating anything in the morning, and then and then it wouldn't be until supper when I ate something. So sometimes I was just so hungry, and like going to, you know, I remember going to like, um, what's that guy who worked at Pizza with us who was. Um, in a bunch of bands and he was a skater he went to Massey the same time I did anyhow you know he would just like oh John, John yeah and, yeah John John would be like hey man we, where are you going for lunch you got anything to eat and I'd be like no no I'm just hanging out 
And he's like, come to my house. I'll make you Mr. Noodles. You know? Yeah. And just like, just people, people looking out for each other. Yeah. A misfit among misfits. An outcast among outcasts. He tried to fit in on the hockey team. A situation that couldn't last. Then he started hanging out with T and me. Burying a junior high rivalry. Listening to Dela and the JBs. Tribe called Quest, public enemy. Met him on a double date, guessing it was fate. Hung out with him more and more, taught him how to skate. He left behind his jockey friends, now he's in the scene. Won't do anything halfway, there's no in betweens. Rocking African medallions, liking magazines. Shaving names into his head, saw on MTV. Dancing like a boss, while dressing like a freak. My dad tried to scare him out of hanging out with me. But we were inseparable, that was not to be. And he led a simple dream that was to MC. So we made a tape for school, Tyler made the beats. And I had to be involved, call us fresher three. And you know it took a while to realize the dream. But that was the golden age, being in our teens. If we hadn't met at all, different would I be? I think about it and it scares the heck right out of me. I think about it and it scares the hell right out of me. If we hadn't met at all. That's 91 Rhyme Machine. That is another track from the Brandon Project from Big McEnroe. And of course, that is about the subject and my guest on this podcast, uh, Patrick Skeen, a.k.a. Pip Skid. So, yeah, I wrote that song about him and it's kind of, you know, it's exactly what we're talking about on this podcast. So let's get back to it. Here's some more of my conversation with Pat Skeen. So you brought rap to Brandon. Let's face it. You're the pioneer. <laughs> and then are, did you bring graffiti to Brandon too? Talk, I was about, your, talk about your graffiti career. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was definitely Brandon's first graffiti artist. I don't know if I was Brand. I was, I guess I was Brandon's first rapper probably too. I mean, yeah. maybe there was, there might've been someone there. There could have been someone who was a rapper was, at the university, yeah. but, but you know, you're the first. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, all those, like the magazines that could get our hands on. It's like, you know, the um, what was it called in the source? The I don't know why it's uh, escaping my brain right now. But anyway, the the, the graffiti page and um, all that shit. Like I was just like, you know, and I'm, as a kid, I grew up. I mean, art was the one thing that that I really gravitated to, and I I was really in really into spider-man and comics and um and so i mean i was still i mean i was still making a lot of like art at that point and or i guess i probably hadn't been for a little while and then so graffiti brought me back to art i was never any good at it because i mean i mean a number of reasons but uh but i didn't you know i i mean and it was expensive because it was hard to steal paint and yeah, there's only so much only so much paint you can steal and and that's around the time they they were they were just starting to put can like cans behind cages and but then and then also you know you're buying canadian tire spray paint or i would use my whole pizza hut check and just 
and then um and i had a lookout what's that that's wild you just you'd go and work however many hours and then spend all your money on spray oh yeah just blow it all blow it all in one like absolutely like one one stop and you know i mean those Canadian tire spit and like paint cans are for painting like fucking lawn furniture and shit (laughs) like (laughs) they don't have you know there's no like fancy tips or anything and um but i mean you know and it and then that like weird wall of fame that i had at safeway safeway parking lot and like robbie robbie would be my lookout because robbie couldn't sleep at night like me and so then we would we would just like we would stay up all night and i would i would make drawings in my book and i would bring them up and then i would i would get the paint i needed and and robbie would Robbie would like watch any sort of areas where cars could come in and I would paint, I'd paint like on a either like, but I would never paint any day that wasn't, that was like, I would never paint on the weekend or anything like that. It would be like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And, and I would tag on other days, but not do, yeah, not do throw ups or pieces. And so, um, yeah, my mom, my mom sent me the, the newspaper article from that. Uh, when they, uh, the Brandon Sun, it's pretty funny the way it's written. It's it's definitely an op. They don't list it as an op-ed, but it sure as shit is right. about like, you know, it's is is graffiti art? Is this a direct a, reaction to your work? Well, it was a, yeah, it was a picture of my my big wall that I was doing right. in the Safeway parking lot, and um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, like not too long after like you started seeing other tags coming and then there were other other people like after the fact i got um i got i got a like i had cops come to my like i was skipping school it would would have been like a school day and then i was living with my stepdad in the basement and he just he just came to my room and it was the coolest he's not he you know, it was the coolest he ever was to me at that point. He wasn't very cool otherwise at, at that point. But he was like, he just came down to the room and he said, there's there's two cops at the door. Mm-hmm. I told them to wait outside. It's up to you whether you want to talk to them or not. Um, they want to ask you some questions. And so I got up and, um, I mean, there's two different times cops came. One, it, one was because Robbie and I stole a bunch of stuff. Like we had that snowman that they hang up at christmas on the street lights yeah and i had a him and i stole a fire hydrant that someone had knocked out of the ground <laughs> yeah is which that I stealing didn't get, <laughs> right what yeah exactly that thing was fucking heavy sure. like when the um when the cops when the cops came to take it away one of them was like jesus christ how did you get this thing in the house <laughs> i'm like two of us lifted it right and he's like they had to use like a one of those things movers use <laughs> but gerald had called uh gerald had called the city and told them to come get the fire hydrant long oh. before that so i didn't get charged with that one because they had a record of it um and there was oh i like i took a bunch of like one night we like pulled all the like conservative political lawn signs out and like threw them away or something and then oh, this is you and robbie mcgregor yeah, I mean, maybe I'm incriminating myself. But... I think the statute of limitations. Is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and then anyway, I was I was brought in, so I was I mean I was charged I have like I was charged with those those things, but then I was on a separate like a detective came, two detectives came and they said we need to question you and we want you to come to the station, 
and they put me in a they put me in like a little interrogation room like very tiny trying to intimidate me and uh you know i i mean i i don't know what happened i don't i don't know i, I didn't do any of that stuff i mean i don't and you know, I don't know. It, it went on for a long time. They were, finally, they I were just interrogating said, you about graffiti? Graffiti, yeah. It was like, you know, like all the, you know, trying to scare me and tell me how, like, how I could go to jail and all that stuff. And, um, and then, I mean, you know, uh, I just, I just said I didn't do any of that shit. And uh, that I would be happy to help out if I ever found out who did. Yeah. And like, on and on and on. I mean, I just, you know, I just broken record, just kept saying the same thing. And sure enough, like, you know, they, they, they'll come and they'll come and pick you up and take you to the station. They won't drive you home. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is this the I'm like way out there Newland? by fucking, yeah. And then I have to walk home. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, whatever. So cops are, when cops was are that? the worst. The, anyway, I, I don't know how true, how true this is also, but the, they were saying that there were there were over thirty different Crime Stoppers tips that I was the graffiti guy. Oh, really? I mean, people were dropping a dime on you. Yeah, but then and then so I mean, I still tagged a bit after that, but I I definitely wasn't you trying got, to. You got scared straight. And you know, if I mean, if I was in Winnipeg at that point, like I think I probably would have got. I mean, I love doing graffiti. I love the thrill of it. I love making art and and the idea of like the idea of if I had like, you know, if, if yeah, I had no, like, if had I no was peers, around, right? Well, if I was around King Sear and like yeah. all those guys in Winnipeg, like I, I probably would have, I probably would have gotten pretty deep into graffiti and like had guys showing me how to like can control and and all that stuff. Like I would have. I mean, I look, you know, the gra graffiti. I mean, yeah, graffiti did it for me. It was like thrilling, and you're out at night, like when no one else is up working, doing this, and then in the morning, everyone's gonna see this shit, and like, um, you know, whatever. I mean, everything I did was whack, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, but you, you, you know, say that about it was one of those things where it was like a bummer to stop. Where yeah. I was like, oh, I, I was really enjoying that, and I, 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 you know, where you feel like you did anything you do, you you do more than once you start getting a you know a hang of it right yeah Oh, like let's I, talk about, I want to ask you about, um, what specific song that I have is about going to Massey and you guys had worked on a routine. You and Tyler had worked on a routine and I was just a tag along cause I wasn't part of the, like I wasn't a dancer really, but you guys worked on a routine and you had crossing you guard uniforms. you were a dancer really? I wasn't a dancer. Really? <laughs> I wasn't a dancer. Like really? Yeah, like really. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, um, anyway, you guys worked on some kind of routine and, and were wearing crossing guard uniforms to a Massey dance. Do you remember this? Can you back up my memories of this and at, fill in any details? 
I mean, I mean, aside, I definitely don't remember it, but but it all checks out, like in what <laughs> the things that could have happened. Yeah, okay, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I remember working on routines with Tyler all the time and like biting, biting, like scoop and scrap from Soul Train performances and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely we definitely went and danced anywhere we could and you know i mean in those early days of rap uh i mean we started playing punk shows and stuff but there was really nowhere to perform no and so dancing was another way to like show you love hip-hop and like and and perform and be part of that movement and and uh i mean i, I you know like shades of black talk about the winnipeg ex- version and experience of that um and I think it was like, I mean, at the time we didn't know that that's what we were doing, but I mean, it was a, I think it was a big thing. Cause it's like, there's nowhere you can go and rap. So you might as well go and dance. Cause at least they're probably going to play one rap song or, yeah. you know, you can maybe force them to play one and like, and you know, that's all you needed. All you needed was one because you had your, you had, you had enough routine, you know, otherwise you're going to have to do your routines more than once. And so the concept of like being into this new culture and being so thirsty for it that you go to something for one song or all that it just seems so foreign today like can, it just doesn't seem to be any parallel in the last i don't even know when you know like can you think of anything where you'd have these young i mean i'm not saying young people aren't into new shit they are but just yeah. like you know no. how how passionate guys like you were were about and so many people were about this new art form that you know they would do you know go to great lengths to you know to participate or just to you know absorb it get get more of it it's just kind of remarkable yeah yeah i mean yeah it is and i mean you just um I mean, you love you loved something so much that was was like you know just at the tip of your fingertips. Like there was so little of it you could get your hands on. Yeah. And like, like I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I I always stay up late anyway. If I could, you know, if if life wasn't the way it is, I would I would definitely have reverse days and nights. Like still at this age, but like. I would stay up like I think Tyler maybe mentioned this listening to Brave New Waves with the with the pause like you know pause record play just ready just because you know and every every fucking three weeks they would play one rap song right and I would catch that rap song and like uh, and then you, you know and then you fall asleep you fall asleep listening to brave new waves and then you wake up at like six in the morning or five in the morning when it's that really scary like the king is coming the like uh music like that you know what i mean that like it's like classical but it's not it's like (laughs) and it just makes you it just makes your bones feel gross like like no one should be it's like not a good way to wake up but um but yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, there was other cool shit on Brave New Waves, but but like, um, but yeah, I mean, you do just do anything for it. I mean, now, I mean, of course, like anything is accessible all the time, and so I mean, which yeah. 
which is a nightmare and ultimately but yes it is what it is like <laughs> um and i think it made us like i mean it, it made it it helped to make us creative and interesting and passionate With kids that don't know Tyler and Pat gonna put on the show I play the wall, try to chill and lay low Sitting in the dark, I can hide till we go The homies worked on the routines all day Watch Scoop and Scrap on videotape Plus house party, who's kidding, who's play Memorize the parts till it's etched in your brain Step to the DJ, ask for some hip-hop Even MC Hammer or Herbie Hancock He says he'll get to it when he can, man Next on cassette is Enter Sandman Finally comes through with two live crew Not a first choice but it'll have to do We step like a storm And watch a crowd form Tyler and Pat In crossing guard uniforms In the circle Everything's good to go The kids start parking Like the crowd on the studio They blow it up Everybody want them more Then I do the one for Something like an encore Yeah You don't stop You don't quit Keep on Except you gotta be home By midnight 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 That is 91 in the spot. That is another track from the Brandon album. That's the last one we'll be playing today. I want to thank you all for listening and thanks to UGS Mag for hosting. We got two more episodes coming up and we're really excited about it. We're having a lot of fun with these. Let's finish up my conversation with uh, Pat Skeen. And thank you again to him for joining me and having such a fun conversation. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'm going to finish it up with this, uh, this, the end of this conversation with Pat. So what made you get out of Brandon? What made you say, I've had enough? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Ty, when Tyler left, because Tyler's still around for a while after you left, and then, um, you know, and Tyler and I had, would go to Winnipeg quite often Yeah. then, and so, you know, I'd, then I'd, I'd, like, made acquaintances and some friends in Winnipeg, and, like, I don't know, like anything in my life, it was always so difficult to, like, make a move and you know i didn't have where i'm like how do how do i move to winnipeg like you're a teenager like how how does that happen like you i don't have any money Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't i don't think i really had a job at the time in brandon so it's not like i was there was any income i was just still living in that in gerald's fucking basement and like i was just like like what am I doing in this shithole like um, you know if I stayed in a, if I stayed in Brandon like what would I have done like like probably start selling drugs and like you know I probably would have went to jail like there's just nothing good for me there and like uh, I didn't want to work and so then it's like I just and I remember I remember this one night where I got pretty high and drunk and because I you know I'd been a vegetarian for I don't know what, like three years or something at that point. And I remember like making myself like, cause like eggs and kubasaw and toast at like five in the morning or something. And when I tried to eat the kubasaw, it just, everything hit me. I was like, 
this is what like I've like reverted from my morals and my like this this thing that I was so strongly convicted to this place is not good for me right like I, and like my my the two people that I'm like care about and like want to make music with are are like two hours away it can't be that fucking hard yeah. it's gonna be tough I gotta figure it out and like I remember calling gruff because I'd I'd been friends you know I'd like hung out with gruff and I had his number and like and I called gruff and I was like you know hey man like I want to move to Winnipeg I, I just don't know how to figure it out like do you know of any where I could get a job right and then he was like well I work at this porno store or whatever and like and then I like I don't know I th- maybe those maybe those times are like a little bit off but um Otherwise, I mean, I have no memory of like moving to Winnipeg or where I stayed at first. Like maybe I stayed at, was I stay at Fleet? Yeah, I think you're in the basement. I know, I know I bummed around at Fleet for like here and there, but like, but I definitely, I mean, that's, and then Gruff, Gruff landed me a job at the, at the adult movie store working midnights. Um, and Vermette, Vermette, maybe I moved, and then Vermette moved. And then, so I moved in with Vermette at some point. Um, from Brand, he moved from Brandon, and I mean, yeah, I mean, and then like, and then what, you know, and it was hard, and I felt, I felt bad because you know I'm sleeping on people's floors or couches here and there, and trying to figure my shit out, and then, yeah, and then I, I, um, you know, started to find my way and like make friends. Like, so I remember Sun Tzu being super supportive when I first moved there, and like. Yeah. You know driving me to job interviews and like showing me winnipeg taking me like you know here's here here's a cool place and you know here's some of my buddies and so i mean there were you know i was like oh yeah this is so, so much better than brandon <laughs> yeah and um and obviously then um before i before i left to bc we were able to like you know work on more music and that move is probably good for me in the sense too, where it's like, um, cause I think you can, you know, it can be scary and uh, daunting to like, you know, leave, you know, you're living for free in, in like some guy who hates you's basement. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what could be better? Right. <laughs> the nest of a, <laughs> of a guy who hates you. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I'll yeah. formally, I'll formally thank you for joining me today. It was a lot of fun to talk to you. Sorry that I touched a few nerves, I think, but uh, appreciate you. you. you What about you calling yourself a dancer? No, I mean, just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yes, I apologize once again. We'll make a disclaimer. Um, No, just more about, you know, not trying to bring back bad memories necessarily. Um, No, 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 but all that stuff, I mean, you know, it's important to, to like, um, talk about those those things and uh, otherwise you never I mean not like I'm I don't I don't think about Brandon much but you know obviously it's important for people to talk about those mental health things yeah so they don't fester yeah all right that's the episode thank you everybody for listening and we'll check you in two weeks good night <laughs>